Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, known as Freaky Frightening Fiction, where I narrate horror stories from the Reddit No Sleep Forum. If you have your own stories, you may submit them, and I will gladly read them. So, without further ado, let's get into this first story. Alright, this first story was uploaded by University of Nonsense on the Reddit No Sleep Forum. Alright. Amazon sent me my Alexa voice request files. There's something else sharing the apartment with me, and I think it's going to hurt me. I was chatting with a friend recently, and she mentioned that she'd asked Amazon to send her all of the personal data the company had collected on her. She figured it'd be quite a bit of data, but was surprised the data package included actual audio recordings of her voice telling Alexa to do things. She said she only listened to about half a dozen files before getting bored. She couldn't help but to feel a little creeped out knowing Amazon employees could listen to things like her telling Alexa to add tampons to her shopping list. Intrigued, I sent Amazon requests for my data archive. I have an Alexa too. My mother got it for me a few birthdays ago, but I don't really use it much. Occasionally, I'll shout to Alexa to remind me to get the laundry or do some errand. Mostly, I'll tell Alexa to play music. I almost never shop on Amazon, so I figured my data package would be small. A few days later, I got an email with a zip file containing hundreds of WAV files. Weird, I thought. I only yell at this thing. I clicked the first one and heard myself telling Alexa to play Vampire Weekend. I decided to check out a few more. Alexa, what's the weather in Detroit tomorrow? Alexa, remind me in 25 minutes to get my laundry. Alexa, tell Maria she's pretty. A man's voice spoke with a deep, almost sinister tone. Alexa, tell Maria she's pretty. A man's voice spoke with a deep, almost sinister tone. My heart seemed to pause for the briefest moment. I clicked the same file again. Alexa, tell Maria she's pretty. The files didn't have any timestamps on them, but it didn't matter. I hadn't had a man, friend, or otherwise over to my place in more than a year. I clicked the next file. Alexa, tell Maria I like it when she wears makeup. The next file. Alexa, remind Maria to wear makeup. I don't ever recall ever having Alexa remind me to stop wearing, to remind me to wear makeup. I continued clicking the files, both intrigued and increasingly unnerved. Each one was the same voice with a new request, with my own voice occasionally chiming in to ask for music. Alexa, when is Maria coming home? Alexa, I want Maria to come home soon. Alexa, why isn't Maria home yet? The voice sounded impatient and aggressive. What the hell? I took a deep breath, but by this point my heart was thundering. I call my friend. Hey Maria, what's up? Sarah, I did that data request thing from Amazon. Did you have any weird stuff in yours? Only if you call asking Alexa if she thinks Ryan Reynolds would date me is weird. Well, I do. Listen to this. I played the file of the strange voice saying I was pretty. Who's that? You have some nerd over? About time, Maria. You've got to be as dry as a cracker by now. No! I shouted. I haven't had anyone over. I don't know who's, who that voice is. I flayed her a few more. Are you messing with me, Maria? This is creepy.
Sarah, I swear, you just showed up in the files. I have no idea who this guy is or why they're here, but I'm really freaked out. So play some more. I don't really want to. I'm almost before clicking the next one. Alexa, play Tegan and Sarah. I heard myself say, I knew you were lesbian, Sarah shrieked. Shut up, this is scary. The next one was the man's voice again, this time almost whimpering. Alexa, Maria never pays attention to me. Alexa, Maria needs to put on makeup on today or I'm going to be very upset. Alexa, why isn't she wearing makeup? I like it when she wears makeup. Alexa, do something. Alexa, make her do it. Alexa, Maria is making me very angry. The voice trailed in a deep, slow growl. Almost like the recording had been slowed down. Maria, Sarah's voice cracked over the phone. Do you want to come stay with me tonight? I bit my lip to keep myself from bursting into tears. The soles of my feet tingled with nervous fear. Yeah, I think so. Let me throw some stuff in a bag and I'll be over in 20 minutes. You better have vodka. I'm going to need a drink. I grabbed a bag and threw a few clothes in it. Moving to the bathroom, I grabbed my toothbrush and toothpaste. My makeup kit was sitting on the counter where I never store it, ever. It was always in the top drawer. I haven't even used it for a week. Bling! Alexa chimed. This is your reminder, Maria. You can't leave. You are staying here tonight with me. In the hallway, I heard the deadbolt click shut. Posted by user JD Creeper. I took the road less traveled. Now I know why it's less traveled. Ever heard the saying, take the road less traveled, or something like that? I don't know where it originated from, but I've heard it many times during my 23 years of existence. So I'm a trucker. I'm one of those people who drives those big rigs on the highways that everyone hates for some reason. I swear, some people expect my trailer's wheels to just be rotated 90 degrees whenever I make a turn. Anyway, since I first got my license, I have loved driving. I quickly found a job as a pizza delivery driver shortly after so I could do this for a living. Later, I got my CDL and resigned from my position as a delivery driver and started moving bigger loads. I've been doing this for five years now. It's the perfect solution to my love of traveling and fear of unfamiliar places because my truck is home. This is how I live, and honestly, I'm completely okay with it. It may sound odd, but this is what I love doing. No social interaction, no house. Just me and my truck, and thousands of miles of roads to explore. But you're not here for the backstory of my life. You're here for my story. The weird experiences that have bonded us together on this legendary subreddit. Through all the horror and, narr and narrations I've mind mindlessly listened to while on the road, I never thought I'd be the one sharing my story. This all began yesterday. I was transporting some random crap in a shipping container from a train station in New York to a warehouse in Maine. Somewhere in my journey, Google Maps alerted me that there was a major traffic jam on the highway I was currently on, and offered me a detour that would save some time. I'm not going to tell you where, because I know a significant amount of you idiots will drive your 1997 Honda Civic on this road and get yourself killed. Even after I tell my story about how I barely survived driving on this road with a vehicle that could transport several Honda Civics at once. Anyway, I usually plan my trips before I embark 
on them and and most always review them whenever my truck is stopped for a long period of time. But since I was already driving at almost 7 miles per hour, this is a last minute change. I let the GPS take me wherever I wanted. By simply following the GPS so I don't crash into things, I ended up leaving at a nearby exit, briefly driving on a smaller two-lane highway before making a left turn onto an unnamed two-lane road. The road was in very bad condition. The lines appeared the lines appeared almost completely faded away. The road was at least 5% potholes. The rain had eroded through the road to create its own gutter. It was bad. On both sides of the road were various species of trees. The average height of these trees was at least 20 feet. And despite the diversity, they were all roughly the same height. Despite the existence of Earth's nearest star, everything in the forest was almost entirely pitch black. Nevertheless, I continued on. Reversing my trailer out here would be difficult and very dangerous if anyone is behind me. And the truck was handling very well despite the lack of power in its front heels. My employer pays for all the damage to my truck, so I wasn't too concerned about what the bad road would do to it. In peak condition, I could easily drive on this road at 60 miles per hour. It was very straight. Though I had to go 45 miles per hour so I don't destroy my truck's suspension. A few minutes later, I got on this road. I saw a figure standing in the middle of the road, frantically waving at me. I immediately applied every braking mechanism available to my truck and tried to swerve around the person. The person got out of the way before I could hit them, but their message was clear. Stop the truck. I usually don't pick up hitchhikers unless it's an emergency due to lack of passenger seats in my truck, but this definitely seemed like an emergency. Once my truck came to a halt, I heard the person banging on my passenger door trying to open it all desperately asking me to unlock it. I unlocked the doors and the passenger side door immediately swung open and the person climbed in. They revealed to be a middle-aged man with multiple deep cuts on his arms and his torso, along with a bunch of minor wounds everywhere that don't concern me. He also had a backpack that seemed very old and worn down. I was about to get into my seat and retrieve first aid supplies, but the man stopped me and instead demanded to continue driving. Don't bother with that. We need to go. I'll explain while we're moving. He said it exactly as if he knew what I was about to do. I reluctantly did what he asked, still very confused about the entire situation. After all, it's not my fault if he died because he refused to let me treat him, though I was slightly annoyed that he was bleeding all over my truck. As the truck accelerated, the man stood at the passenger window as as if looking for something. Do you have any first aid supplies? The man asked. A few seconds after our departure, the truck was going about 30 miles per hour at this point. Uh, yeah, I do. In the box thing in the front where the passenger seat should be. The man opened the container container, and treated his wounds while I was accelerating the truck to rush him to the hospital. I considered ditching the trailer and coming back to get it later, but decided that that parking an unpowered vehicle on on a road that has no lighting whatsoever in the middle of the night was a bad idea. I've always had a strange trait where I'm abnormally calm in situations like this, but the man wasn't freaking out at all. This was odd, but I'm also odd, so I just had to accept this man as like me. The next several minutes were uneventful, though I sped up my truck due to the injured man that I'm transporting. I learned the man's name was Gary, though we both sat in silence for most of this time period. I saw a pair of bright yellow lights ahead, in the right lane. The lights were too close to each other to be a motor vehicle, but I decided to slow down the truck anyway to avoid colliding with the object that the lights were attached to. 
The truck was down to about 20 miles per hour, and the headlights eventually illuminated the object with the lights. It was a strange animal I've never seen before, or since. The best way I can describe it to you is to say it was some bear-human hybrid. Those were about the same length, that being the length of a human arm, and ended up with human hands like with claws growing out of the palm or rather than fingers. The torso resembled a bear's torso. The creature had gray metallic human-like skin and was extremely muscular. Like what, you, like what you'd expect a bodybuilder bear to look like if it didn't intentional, intentionally dehydrate itself for competitions. Its head resembled that of a bear, but without fur or nose. And instead of having that gray skin everywhere else on his body, its eyes are just yellow dots which didn't illuminate anything but were visible from several hundred feet away, which made me stub in front of it like I was its natural prey. Now that, you, now that you know it's in front of me, let's get back to real time. The moment I saw the thing, I stopped the truck. The creature and I were about 30 feet apart. I honked at it, but it still didn't get out of the way. I didn't, it didn't even move at all. Its only movements were its breathing. I was about to drive around the creature, but Gary interrupted my thoughts by telling me to do exactly what I was about to do, but much more urgently. Go! Just go! Those things, I don't know what they are, but I swear they hunt humans for their survival. I did as he asked, or rather ordered. I immediately pushed the accelerator to the floor and made a sharp turn to the left lane to go around the creature. Shortly after the truck started moving, the creature noticed something was up. In retrospect, I believe the creature was blocking the road to cause its prey to stop. With the creature's reasoning to block the roadside, the creature leaped onto the hood of my truck as I passed by it and attacked the windshield, attempting to break in, but, so, but struggled to do so. Gary immediately retreated back to, uh, up to my cabin. I continued accelerating my truck, hoping it doesn't manage to get in the cabin before my plane was ready. Once the truck was up to speed, I slammed on the brakes. The creature was flung forward, but managed to avoid falling off by its hooks between the gap of the, ho of the truck's hood and its windshield. The, the creature was now hanging on for dear life at this point. It seemed my plan that it did work after all, as my new hood ornament is no longer a threat. I continued accelerating and deaccelerating de the truck to get the thing to fall off, but it didn't work. Moments later, the creature managed to hoist itself back onto the hood and continued swiping its claws at the windshield. I tried, to, I tried the brake trick that almost worked earlier, but the creature was already prepared for that and was already holding onto the aforementioned gap between the hood and the windshield. I was starting to panic at this point because I didn't know what to do but was interrupted by several gunshots from my right. Glass shards were launched everywhere. I had no idea what was going on, and the fact that I covered my face with my right hand didn't help with that. During the chain of explosions, I felt the truck's suspension wobble, followed by a screech that can only describe as what you'd expect a bat to sound like if it was the size of a bear. Once it stopped, I uncovered my face to look around and figure out what the heck just happened. It was Gary. I knew he was in, I was in trouble and he, he shot the creature several times with a pistol. The creature was no longer in sight but it left blood that was splattered all over the hood, some of it even managing to get inside the cabin. The creature's encounter lasted less than a minute. I stared at him in confusion, not, not know what to say. He picked up on my nonverbal question and answered it. I had to hide out here to get away from that thing. I strongly recommend you turn off your phone's internet and power it off.
I need a poor map, though. You're better off getting lost out here than keeping that thing gone. Um, why is this important? Is the creature tracking the phone? From what I was able to understand from a few encounters with it, yes. Can't we just use VPN? Gary stood out there for a moment of realization spread across his face. Oh my gosh, I'm an idiot, he said to himself. Don't worry, I already got a VPN service on all my devices. Do you have any devices with you? I don't. I ditched my phone I ditched my phone a while ago because I'm a complete idiot. I swear this is not a sponsored post. Anyway, not even a minute since that interaction, I heard a thunk on the side of my truck alongside of the wobble. I looked at the mirror and saw it. The creature spoke in a deep but still human voice. Hello. We've been trying to reach you about your trucks. Gary simply shot the creature in the face, causing it to jump off the truck and run away. Are you serious? I rhetorically asked the creature that was no longer there. Gary responded with a question. Those things trying to confuse you by making statements like that. I think I was trying to recreate the car's exterior exterior through the warranty meme. Those things are intelligent, by the way. Probably as smart as a human. I watched in my mirror as the creature slowly began to fall behind and it made a sharp left turn into the forest. But then, out of nowhere, I heard something clink behind me. Before I could process what was happening, I noticed the trailer started to move backward. I knew the creature was responsible for this immediately. It must have sneaked up on us and disconnected the trailer without being seen somehow. The trailer eventually fell off the ledge and it's in the chest of my truck face planted in the ground. The way a copler knob dug into the asphalt reminded me of Stanley's statue from Cars. However, unlike the movie, the trailer did that only a few for only a few feet. I guess it was truly a trailer after all. Sorry, not sorry. With my terrible puns that, that may or may not have ruined this really experience for you. Aside, Gary and I used respective mirrors to watch what the creature was about to do. The creature picked up the trailer using his left leg and his right arm and used the remaining three limbs to continue charging at us, replacing my tractor unit until it was the only originally pulling this thing. I don't really know what the creature was planning to do with that, but I accelerated my truck back regardless. With the trailer n now holding us back, I was able to speed much more quickly, though all I could think of ha as how I was supposed to explain to my client I lost the load. My unimportant thoughts were interrupted by a flash behind me with a loud crunch. It took me a few seconds to realize the creature managed to watch the 60,000 pound trailer and shipping container duo at us from a significant distance away. The trailer was launched in an upward position allowing it to collide at the back of the cabin. Luckily the headache rack I installed only a few months earlier stopped from crushing us against the dashboard. Though the back of the cab was bent inwards, unlike Stanley from Cars, the trailer's knob didn't land perfectly in the fifth wheel and instead got caught in the chassis of the truck, as if the fifth wheel would have stopped that anyway. For those wondering, I watched the movie when it came out as a kid. I was obsessed with it for a significant amount of time, and that's why I kept thinking about it even as an adult. Anyway, back to reality. The trailer was now attached to the truck wrong. I accelerated the truck, but I couldn't get away. But I couldn't get it to move very quickly. As my tr as my truck moved forward, there was nothing more than a yard. The creature was now decided it was time to attack. It leapt onto the side of my truck and used its left arm to grab me by the skin of my left shoulder, like a cat would pick up their kittens. Its claws dug into my skin, like I was one of those crazy people who pulled something heavy using hooks in their backs. 
My immediate reaction was to grab onto the steering wheel, but the creature was simply pulling and avoid extra pain and possibly having my skin torn off. I decided to let go from the angle I was being pulled at. I was effortlessly slipped out of my seatbelt. Gary noticed this and shot the creature in the face despite being injured by this shot. It was too dedicated on removing me from my truck to retreat. Gary grabbed onto my legs and I was in so much pain, I honestly completely gave up on survival at that moment. A tug of war began between Gary and the creature ensued, with me being the rope. Despite the creature's immense strength, gravity still had the last laugh. While extracting me from my truck, the creature was using its other three limbs to hang onto the bar side of my truck. For those unfamiliar with trucks, the cabin is much higher than it would be in a standard car. Underneath the cabin is my Peterbilt 579, are the two massive fuel tanks and the drive shaft that power to the back at two axles. Because of this, there are steps on the side skirts of the truck below the doors and bar behind the window to help the driver climb inside. The bar is what the creature was hanging on to while attempting to remove me from the truck. The creature kept holding on to me as it fell off the truck, but eventually my brain was bombarded by too much extreme pain and I fell back onto my seat. A chunk of skin on my back was ripped off. I was in too much pain to focus on anything at this point, so Gary and I switched the roles and we were assigned that it all began. Gary put me aside and took the wheel with his left hand. He reversed and forwarded with the truck several times till the trailer broke free, while also stopping the bleeding in my back with his other hand. Gary then drove as fast as the truck could go on this road, and this is when I passed out, as the adrenaline was no longer keeping me conscious. I woke up in a hospital bed. It was dark outside. I quickly found the clock, which displayed 3.41 a.m. The last time I remember I was in the truck is about 8 a.m., so that means I must have been asleep for at least 19 hours. As I thought about this, I realized the skin was torn on my back and replaced with fishy scales. I pushed the nurse calling button on my bed, and a few minutes later, a nurse showed up. Hello, sir. What do you need? I need context. How did I get here? Where is Gary? What happened? Sir, please calm down. Gary is fine. He drove here after you all somehow sustained those wounds. Please just rest your skin so Graft can heal. Can I visit Gary? I would not recommend that, but if you insist, he is in the intensive care unit. So Gary is fine, but he's in the ICU. Just because he's in there doesn't mean he's about to die. He should be making a full recovery. I then went to the ICU and found Gary's room not long after. He was covered in bandages and had an oxygen mask on. Though his heart rate was steady, Gary is still unconscious as I'm typing this. Not long after, I was discharged from the hospital. My father took me home from there, and now I'm here typing on this computer. I was given a huge fine after losing the load, and my insurance refused to pay for the truck's repairs, but luckily, my parents believed me and extended my fa and extended family was able to pay for all that. I'm currently going to take a break from, a truck or from trucking as a bit, as this experience has traumatized me, but I might be getting back on the road in a few days once my truck is fixed. And that's all I have to say. My story is over now. I hope I never have to post something like this again. And remember when you and remember with this when you drive on the road less traveled. Think about why it's less traveled. You don't want to be the one typing your own story. All right. That story will do it for the podcast episode for today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And just keep in mind, do not 
drive on that road unless you know there are other people joining you. Thank you for listening. And as always, stay scared. Thank you.